0: In case you missed it, on Newsbreak.
1: Happy Sunday afternoon to you. Just gone afternoon now, 6 minutes past 12 o'clock. I'm Tadeh Shari Pashad. This is Cutting Edge Coint Affairs. What a pleasure it is to be spending it in your company today. I want to talk to you about some statistics. There were some times when I had to break it to you that... Daily new cases of COVID-19 were sitting at around 20,000 new cases. And I'm so happy to report that that's dropped significantly. Um, At last count, which was yesterday, there were 3,184 new cases of COVID-19. Sadly, daily deaths were sitting at 278. So, um, you know, when you compare it, when you compared to the twenty k that we were seeing and you know that, that necess- uh, necessitating going back to level three of lockdown, I mean it's definitely something that the country should be um you know grateful for thankful for, but obviously, and we've learned this over the past twelve months, do not let your guard down because you don't know when it's going to rear its ugly head and what the impact is going to be thereof so definitely um you know good to know that the uh, new daily cases are um So that's uh, your COVID-19 situation. But today it's so hot in Durban, and I think I've got a topic that's going to maybe get the temperature go even hotter because we are talking about um, escalating prices of food and uh, the exorbitant increases that many have noted and noticed over the past 12 months, specifically in wake of the pandemic. So that's something I want to put on the table today and find out from you, your experiences with regard to the prices of food, have you noticed any significant increases in the things that you were buying just last year? Um, You know, what was that sort of increase like? Um, How challenging is it then for you to make ends meet if such is the case, taking into account the economic pressure of employment and the economic um, challenges that many are facing? Okay, so uh, you know, on that point, uh, Rachel Vadi, very good after. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, a very good afternoon to you. A Can't good keep track sometimes. Rich, very Good
0: afternoon to you as well. Yeah,
1: good afternoon to you. So, I mean, I know I sometimes, you know, walk into work and I'm just assailed. My senses are assailed <laughs> by this pungent protrusion <laughs> of ginger. I'm using all the most flowery words I could possibly come up with because. You eat it raw in your lunch box, right? I do,
0: I do. I think I've gotten so used to it as a health product. Just a small slice. But yes, it does make the studio smell. You just,
1: at random points, just crunch on a piece of ginger. Raw, unpeeled... (laughs) Washed. Uncooked washed, washed obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I do. I do yeah. I've gotten used to it. It's been a struggle, but I've gotten used to
1: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I have to ask then how are you coping with the prices of ginger? You
0: know, I have to tell you the story. Just on I think it was um Thursday afternoon I went and I had to replenish my stock and it was just two pieces that were smaller than the size of your palm and it was twenty seven rand. So when I go to the lady to wait, she's like double checking to see if she pressed the right code because she couldn't believe the price of it. So, yeah, I've cut down because the price is way too much. So instead of having an entire um, piece of ginger, now I have a really, really small piece (laughs) I've cut down completely.
1: I'm sure you're going through this at home as well, right? The price of ginger and garlic we told at points up to 200 rand a kilo if you're lucky, going up to 400 rand a kilo for for ginger. I'd love to know your experiences. Please go ahead WhatsApp me, voice note to me about um you know specifically you can you know start off by talking to me about the price of ginger and the price of um garlic um and you know other other ingredients, other household goods and, and just literally what you've noticed over the past 12 months. So basically, we're looking at the impact COVID-19 has had on the increase of consumer goods, specifically food items, Um, because this comes hot on the heels of the National Consumer Commission investigating seven major suppliers of garlic and ginger. And what they've told us is that they've launched an investigation into allegations of price gouging relating to garlic and ginger. Of course, this follows the outcry by many of you who've, you know, lamented the excessive prices of both the um products ginger and garlic and definitely it's something that the national consumer commission is looking very intently on today we're going to be speaking to um the National Consumer Commission at around, you know, 1230 we can find out exactly, you know, what have they noticed? What is the situation and how are they going to intervene? And I'm very excited. I've made contact with the Peter Maritzburg Economic Justice and Dignity Group. And they've done a lot of work, a lot of research with regard to um, the price of um, consumer goods. We're going to be talking about all of that today on the programme.
2: Super football action on SABC Sport is a way
0: of life. Manchester United Women face Reading Women in the Barclays FA Women's Super League match this weekend. Will Manchester United continue with their impressive
2: form to keep leading the race? Or will Reading FC have a better plan to secure a top five spot? Bishop does get the equaliser for Reading. The world's best women's football league in action. Manchester United clashes with Reading FC this Sunday, the 7th of February at 1.30pm. Live on SABC3 and streamed on SABCSportOnline.co.za. The Women's Super League. Hashtag, this is our game.
0: Proudly brought to you by SABC Sports. For the
2: love of the game.
1: news break talk today and we are talking about the exorbitant prices of um, consumer goods mainly food we are focusing on food here uh, a lot of research on the table and a lot of investigations also likely to take place with regard to this and um, I'm very very happy to um Invite and introduce onto the program Mervyn Abrahams from the Peter Maritzburg Economic Justice and Dignity Group. It's the first time we're speaking, Mervyn, and I am so looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for making the time.
3: Good afternoon, and Also good afternoon to all your uh, listeners.
1: Yeah, great work you've been doing, and I want to go through all of it. And I'll tell you just a little bit about the Peter Mintsberg Economic uh, Justice and Dignity Group. It's a, you know, a civil society initiative founded about, um, you know, about almost two, three years ago in 2018. The initiative focuses on issues of economic justice, low wage regime, and the increasing household affordability and food price crisis. So, Mervyn, I think the best place to start would be. To find out what you've noticed, I mean, you're saying that there has um, been such a significant price increase um, over the past year. Um, You're saying that it was a 17% increase of food prices over the course of 2020, which is, you know, much higher than inflation. Could you talk to me about your findings? Uh,
3: Yes, Parish. So, um, yes, so. If I can just go back and let the, let the listeners see what we have seen over the last four or five months. So, I mean, correctly, as you said, over the year, we have seen prices increase well above uh, CPI inflation. But when we look from September 2020 to January of 2021, we see that our basket of food has increased by 194.86 cents or 5.1%, and that the basket now stands at 4,051 rand and 20 cents. Now, Paresh, why this is so shocking is that our basket contains 43 foods, extremely basic foods. If I can let your listeners just in on to what we are tracking. So we're tracking the price of 43 foods. It is constructed for a household of seven people, and it is the kind of food that women through focus groups tell us, they would like to purchase at the end of each month should they have sufficient funds. And that 43 foods include... 30 cages of maize meal, 10 cages of rice, 10 cages of flour, 10 cages of sugar, 5 cages of sugar beans, 5 liters of cooking oil, salt, 10 cages of potatoes, onions, 10 cages of frozen chicken, uh, a curry powder, stock cubes, soup, tea, uh, milk, mass, eggs, and then we have a little bit of of, of meat. Um, So we have beef livers. We have two cages of beef and two cages of wool, And then we have the the, the fresh uh, produce or kind of vegetables. So six cages of tomatoes, carrots, butternut, eight bunches of spinach, two heads of cabbage, two cages of pepper. And then we have uh, 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 a little bit of fruit. So three cages of apples and seven cages of oranges. And then things like margarine, peanut butter, poloni, jam, and bread bread and then tinned poachers and canned beans so those are the kinds yeah. of foods none of which is luxury all of which are very basic uh, and that basket now stands at four thousand and fifty-one and cents.
1: well that's that's a significant increase and i have to then ask you um does it add up for you because according to the you know Consumer Price Index for the last quarter of of, of twenty twenty, um, consumer price inflation was at three point two percent, wasn't it?
3: Yes, yes. Now, now, Paresh, um, when it comes to food and food inflation, um, it's a little bit more than what the CPI inflation indicates. So, Stats SA also in their in their release has said that uh, the driver of their CPI uh, was food and beverages. If we, because the CPI, is uh, uh, a CPI, measures food uh, in their basket, which is something like 17% of the entire basket, um, so they they figure automatically therefore comes in at a lower level than our figure would, because lower-income households tend to spend more than 17% of the income on food. It's only when your income on food is 17% or less out of your global income that your figures would tie up with with the CPI of Stats S.A. But Stats S.A. is aware of it, and they sometimes try and break it down. Mm. But it's a little bit complex. And even they would say that that it's probably closer to 5.1, like ours, than to theirs.
1: Absolutely. You know, I remember conversations with um, with my mother, actually, because I'm not a big fan of sugar beans. Sorry. (laughs) It's a (laughs) bit of a rarity to hear, um, you know, (laughs) uh, people of Indian origin saying that. And yeah. she always said the reason why we cook sugar beans on a mass level is because it's a very affordable and a very um, filling source of protein. And it's, it's, it's a good meal for functions. Right. But you're saying and so many people here on the program have already lamented the price of sugar beans. We have a message here that says we used to pay 13 rand for a kilo of sugar beans just 12 months ago. It's 38 rand now. Right, And um, many more messages like this, that's from Gauteng, uh, somebody from Gauteng in the West Rand. Um, you're saying sugar beans has increased by 68.0%. My point is, and you said it already, that these are not luxury items. These are the basic things that people need to eat. If they are increasing you know, by 68%, what on earth is it saying about the poverty level that, is, that South Africans are seemingly experiencing?
3: So, so, yes, uh, 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 Paresh, I would agree with your mother <laughs> around sugar beans, uh, <laughs> precisely because it is, it is, we are worried when sugar beans prices go up because it's one of the most nutritious types of food in our basket. Um, and, and the reality is, and so this is what women tell us, whether it's in Johannesburg, Durban, Cape Town, Springbok, or in Peter that they have a very fixed income. So the, the national minimum wage, for instance, is 3,000 for January, would be 3,321 rand and 60 cents. So they said they have a fixed income. When they go into the store, they buy the core foods first. So what are the core foods? It's things like maize meal, it's things like flour, it's rice, it's sugar, it's, it's, it's sugar beans, if they can, or scent, uh, uh, cooking oil, potatoes, onions, and bread. Now, if those prices go up very high, it means that they then cannot get the things like green peppers, uh, uh, fruit, or cabbage, or spinach. So they have to drop those things yeah. out of the basket. Yeah. And and the net result of that is 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 that most of South Africa's lower income households are now eating mainly starch. And, and, and sugar, which is a very bad uh, in terms of health. So going forward, we can anticipate a greater increase On our health burden uh, and
1: and, and disease burden. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mervyn, so, you know, that's the situation, and and I think we've spent a great time talking about, you know, really what consumers are going through. And like you said, there's just such a big list here of things, and I think each one will have its own um, sort of reason as to why they're priced so much higher. I want to ask you, though. Have you found a link then between um, COVID-19 and this price increase? I know the Consumer Commission, and we are going to speak to them um, in a short while, um, you know, they're concerned about price gouging. And... A lot of people are saying, you know, this is a direct result of of, of COVID-19. Some saying there's been unscrupulous business practice for a long time, uh, whether it was hand sanitizer um, back when the pandemic began, where they were really heavily priced um, to the fact that now ginger and garlic is priced so high, because many are saying they're super immune boosting foods. So talk to me about that link between COVID-19 and these exorbitant price increases that you've been seeing.
3: So, so Parish, I mean, at first, uh, uh, in March or at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw the disruption of global supply lines. Uh, uh and and that did have an effect to increase prices so for instance one of the things was rice we import rice and rice has to be therefore has to be shipped to us or flown to us uh and and, and during a time of a pandemic uh, uh when the supply lines are interrupted of course uh, the the demand is greater than than the supply and so so we expected the increase in rice. There was also uh, uh, climatic conditions in, 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 in the Limpopo area, which had led to an increase in the price of potatoes. However, we are now that uh, supply lines are open, we are expecting to see a drop in prices, not a continuous increase in prices. So if we look at one produce, for instance, we look at maize meal. Now, maize meal last year, we had a bumper crop in South Africa. We have more maize meal than we had in the past decade. We have more maize meal in South Africa than we can feed South Africans. And so we would expect that because the supply is great, the, the 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 supply is greater than the demand, that the price of maize meal will come down. But what we are seeing, in effect, is that the price of maize meal has actually increased over the last four months by fifteen yeah. percent. So there is a, there is a question that we need to ask the producers as to where in the in, in the value chain is this increase uh, being done and then what is the reason for that increase? Unfortunately, yeah. we do not that's, have the information.
1: Right, and that's been my question, you know, where is the increase start coming from? Is it, you know, the um, end retailer or is the end retailer now forced to buy it at that particular price from the producer? So that's definitely something that, uh, you know, I think one needs to reflect on. Um, I want to say, though, um, you know, at this particular point with regard to those to those increases, um, with it being so exorbitant, um, you're talking about supply and demand there. And I understand that concept. I mean, it's the fundamental of business, yeah. isn't it? But at what point does it become unethical in a time of pandemic? A lot of jobs have been shed. A lot of people have, you know, received cuts in their, in their income, uh, it's economically quite challenging to live right now, irrespective of what sector of work you live in or, or what sector of work you belong to. Um, supply and demand still really playing such a big role where people are being, uh, you know, this cutthroat in terms of making profit margins, even though they know that people are in the grip of an economic meltdown.
3: No, I would fully agree with you. There there are major ethical questions around increasing food, particularly in the time of a pandemic. So so we do need to, and and unfortunately, South Africans tend to be price takers. You know, we we go into the store, we we pay what we have to, and we don't complain. Um, and, And perhaps the time has now come for us as consumers to begin to ask questions, and like through your program, to begin to raise our voices around the retailers, because it is also a question of trust and confidence for the future. If these retailers are constantly pushing up prices in the midst of a pandemic, we have to ask the question about their loyalty to consumers. We have to ask them about their loyalty to the broadest of African economy, because without food, let us remember in this pandemic, food is what helps us to have strong immune systems. So if we do not have access to food, of course, our immune systems will be weaker and we will be much more exposed uh, to the pandemic. So now is not the time to put up to put up uh, 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 prices. Now is not the time to increase profit margins.
1: I think that's definitely something to consider. I wanted to, and you said, you know, it's, it, it's time for consumers and it's up to consumers to raise their voice and to talk about it. Um... I want to ask you about government from your uh, sort of interaction with with focus groups and study groups who have have given you their stories and even, uh, you know, once collating the data. um, What can you tell us then about a sort of role that government has, um, you know, played in understanding this plight, in understanding this reality. I mean, we understand that social grants and the uh, UIF um, temporary employment relief uh, scheme, those payments, you know, they've slowly faded away and, you know, they're no longer serving the purpose. Many have even complained to us as to whether or not uh, they're getting it or not. Um, Your thoughts on how government has handled this or if they've handled it at all?
3: (laughs) So when the, the pandemic started and government came in with their stimulus by increasing the old age pension and the child support grant in particular, but as well as the 350 COVID, it was very, very small. But yet women and, and people in low income households told us they were extremely grateful for that little bit of support. And so from our discussions in December, for instance, we we came across a story that was really unexpected, a good blind story. A lot of the women, it was about 50% of the women who who are old age pensioners and who got to this extra 150 uh, rand top up, they told us they, they, they tried to save at least about 25 to 30 rand each month and put some of that top up into a stock sale come December. So that when we come December, they can bulk buy and they can have food for the whole month of January and possibly into February. So that shows us the level of resilience and ingenuity that people normally have. Now coming at the end of December and all of those support structures have now fallen away. The COVID pandemic continues. The economic situation has gotten worse. Um, and so households are now in a deeper situation, and our appeal is for the state to continue to resuscitate that, those top-up grants and to continue providing it, particularly the old age and the child support grants, because those, we know, 90% of that money goes directly towards food. People need it at this time.
1: Yeah, you know, that's the ideal situation. That's the solution, right? Government, please understand this a little bit more and and see how best you could intervene. Uh, I'll remind you, we are going to be speaking to the National Consumer Commission and they've really got a plan in place. And in fact, um, they have previously managed to hold uh, a lot of, um, you know, um, what's the word I think? pharmacies at that point or health retailers at that point accountable for the pricing of um, hand sanitizers so definitely it's something that's you know close to the heart of the consumer commission and they're going to talk to us about what they're going to be doing now about food so i think that's a mechanism that we could you know talk about uh, um, in terms of a way going forward but mervyn as you leave us um your advice then to the consumer i mean what possible advice could there be if if, if, if food is increasing to that level where it's you know, 68% of an increase for something as basic as beans. Um, what advice could you possibly give to the consumer?
3: So, so our basic advice to the consumer is, is, is activism. Um, you know, Parish, in our experience, households of the pack no longer have any savings. They no longer have any support levels. Many, I mean, 47%, Of our work, people of working age are unemployed. So there is nothing there for households to draw from. There's no external reserves. The only thing they can draw from now is on state support and ethical practices on the part of the retail companies. And and, and that is where, where we hope that the Competition Commission will go in and hold people to account more, not just the kind of hand sanitizers, important as that might be, yes, ginger and garlic, important. But, I mean, what about the price of potatoes and onions and the price of maize meal and rice? Those are absolutely necessary for households to survive.
1: Wonderful. Well, you know, it was so great to speak with you, I have to say, and, and I literally cannot wait for our next conversation. Uh, Melvin Abrahams, they of course, representing uh, the organization, the Peter Maritzburg Economic Justice and Dignity Group. Thanks so much for the work that you do in terms of helping us, you know, collate this so we can actually have, you know, tangible statistics to talk about with regard um, to the uh, exorbitant prices of food and look forward to our uh, next interaction. Thank you so
3: much, Parish, and thank you to your, to your listeners
1: thanks very much Thea Mervyn okay so we will leave the conversation there with regard to the situation and there is so much of messages coming through we are going to be speaking to the National Consumer Commission in a short while when we come back we go to WhatsApp and we canvass your views
2: the
3: net bank is where underdogs come to become household names now name a better battle than Cape Town versus Pulugwani Bahaha versus the urban warriors
2: who will come out on top all of this drama will be mixed with world class commentary sensational play, golf, and deep. Passion. This is the NetBank Cup. Catch Baroka FC, go head-to-head head with Cape Town Spurs at 5 p.m. this Monday, the 8th of February, live on SABC3 and SABC radio stations in your language of choice. Hashtag we love it here. Brought to you by SABC Sports.
1: Okay, just after 12.30 on Newsbreak Talk, we are talking about the um, exorbitant increases in in food. Of course, we've got uh, statistics in hand here delivered to us that, uh, you know, sadly says that the price of uh, food um, rose by 17% over the course of 2020, spiking as much as higher than inflation for the year. Um, we've spent a great deal of time talking about that. Let's listen to you now and see what you've got to say. Hello there. Okay, day. I think we just have a slight issue with your voice note. I think maybe you've had your hand placed over the um, mic receptor so it didn't record properly. Maybe re-voice note me and we can play that. Uh Let's go to this one, hello. Okay, voice well, knots not working out for me today. Uh Let's try another one. Hello there. Voice not working out for me today. Uh Let's try another one. Hello. Hi, Taresh. I think one of the
3: major increases what I've seen was the oranges are now paid about 55 rands for a uh, sack of about 10 or 12 oranges, 55 rands last week, and this week it's now at 84 rands at the same shop.
1: Okay, um, thank you for that, I think I, I think I, I may have had a bit of an issue with my audio, Uh, Let me try and retrieve those voice notes that have come through. Um, Yeah.
4: Good afternoon to Taresh and the Newsbreak team and the listeners.
1: Okay, just bear with me a slide. I don't really know what's going on here with uh, regard to my voice notes. Hi Taresh, I think
3: one of the major increases
0: I think the only people that suffer the most are the ones that's living in the small towns because the supermarkets are just raising the prices they don't care because they think they're not going to be investigated and I think the NCC needs to come into these rural towns and these small towns and start investigating.
1: Okay thank you for bearing with me on that here's another voice note.
4: Good afternoon Taresh and the Newsbreak team Yeah, it seems like your voice notes are not working out. Excellent topic on the increases of prices. As we saw during this pandemic, it was learned from the PPEs. Mass prices were escalated, the prices of sanitizers and now the ginger and garlic saga, which is not on at all, especially during the pandemic. But also I'd like to bring to the fore whilst the competition committee is here. Hello to the competition committee. I'd like to make a comment that during our normal prayers as well, like Pongo and all the other prayers, we find that the vegetable prices escalate. There should be constant control of these things. So I hope these things are now looked into and consumers, yes, must start to speak out about everything. We have increases in everything, fuel prices result in gigantic increases in the normal goods. If somebody could please look into that and consumers need to complain. Thank you very much, Taresh and the team and to the Consumer Council ralph from westville have a
1: nice day ralph thanks for that i think an interesting point i mean we are talking within the uh, context of the pandemic here and you know those kinds of issues um but you know uh, interesting what you mentioned and i've heard that conversation on the street a lot uh it's you know prayer time or it's festive season time and now they're going to shoot up this price or something that they know we're going to need um how ethical is that let's go to this voice note
0: hi Tarish, this is anusha
2: Pale from bismaritzberg I'd like to um, ask when the commission uh, competition guys come into your studio, when they do try to regulate and when they sometimes find companies that are regulating prices, does the consumer ever feel any benefit from it? Because most of the uh, the cases that we've seen, they've had to pay fines, but that money is not of any benefit to the consumer. So I wonder if there is going to be any
1: changes to that, so the consumers actually benefit thanks hmm, interesting point I'll keep that in mind okay I'll go to some text messages now that have come through on the program um, lot are coming through I'm going to skim through them Because we are going to the Consumer Commission now uh, Clinton says the cost of ginger and garlic Is not going down It's causing havoc Kogi Reddy says went to a store Ginger was 80 rand a kilo and garlic was 50 I uh, was happy about the prices So it's not too bad Ragani um, Tambiran says trying, Try having powder uh, Form of ginger um governor from phoenix says oranges are kind of short supply looks like it's exported and the price is about plus minus 30 rand per kilo so are lemons louis palais says yes a huge price increase in prices of um you know uh, products like eucalyptus oil hand sanitizer camphorated oil um also ginger and garlic a price increase roshni says the price of lentils doubled i went to a tuck shop uh, a kilo of sugar was 40 rand. Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town says, we in the Western Cape were not spared. I paid 150 rand for a kilo of ginger. Um, this was from a major chain store who is under investigation. Roni Narayan Sami of Bayview says, awesome show. Uh, credit to everybody for raising the issue. Uh, God bless South Africa. Shamila Maharaj says, considering the pressure many households are given under the uh, current economic environment and the challenge posed by the COVID-19 pandemic, a growing number of families are finding themselves simply unable to afford uh, raising their kids with no jobs or money. Definitely uh, sad, sad news there. Rani from Stanger Manor, a very appropriate topic. Uh, this morning we paid 20 rand for 500 kilograms of sugar beans. This is a shocker. Shalini says, I live in the West Rand as well. Every month the price of food goes up. Raymond Chetty from Peter Maritzburg says, the price of turmeric powder, normal price was 100, um, for 100 grams, was about $11.99. Now it's $25.99. Rohini says, the price of basic food is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Ashi Balraj as well, weighing in on the conversation. Um, and yeah, those are some of the messages. I'm sorry if I've not read any of your messages because there's a lot coming through and We are going to be um, you're going to the Commission now So I will try my best to um, try and factor that in let's go to um, this particular voice note
3: Hi Taresh, this is Mel from Pittsburgh. I just like to say the prices on food is green sky high I've been to a place in De- I've been to a place in Debbie place a shop in Debbie place sorry and they were charging us 200 rand on a kilo of garlic which is ridiculous i mean for those people that cannot afford it potato tomato and onions potato was 110 rand 120 130 Rand a bag onions especially even tomatoes so we like people to look in that there also Thank
1: you so much, and have a nice day. Appreciate your your call, and thank you so much for putting it to in perspective like that. You know, on the ground, the situation it's it's really important to um to listen to that. Daniel Chellen here on the program. Hello, sir. This
4: is Daniel Joshua Challen. The price increase is generally in all stuffs, not just ginger and garlic and certain items. All food stuffs, and the pensioners received uh, additional. Amount for a few months in the grant, and the government has stopped that. They give us such a minimal increase of between 80 and 100 rands a year. And how does a pensioner survive? Does he have to eat dry bread and sugar water?
1: Thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I've tried to canvass as much of your views as I possibly could. It's time now to go to the National Consumer Commission, Prudence Moilwa, the Head of Enforcement and Investigations. Prudence, appreciate you making the time for us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Prudence, uh, so I think we, we did speak about it, and I'm not going to, you know, uh, because of constraints of time, I'm not possibly going to um, you know, talk about what you've uncovered because I think at this point, you know, we've done a lot of discussion about the statistics of the situation, so we know um, the issue at hand. Let's talk about the investigations. I know you've launched the investigations into price gouging. Um, you know, how is that going to work now? What process do you take from here?
2: Like I indicated last time, what we're going to do is we're going to then assess the information. Uh, what we then do is we, we look through the price increases from, as I said last time, we look at the, what the prices were preceding um, the period of disaster, which is March 2020, three months prior to that. And then we do a price comparison of the increases. From that time up up to date, so we've requested the companies to uh, actually give us uh, information relating to that. The information that um, that they have so- in terms of the pricing that they've sourced the products from their suppliers, if they have, as well as also we also will be assessing the markup that they've put. What the reason why we do that is we want to check uh, the, the prices in terms of what it costs them to stock the product. As well as the market that they've put, whether it is related to industry practice, to check whether or not the outcry around the issue of price increases of garlic and uh, ginger, whether or not it's justified. That's precisely the assessment that we'll be doing in this investigation. How
1: long does that take? Because there are a lot of statistics doing the round. I think uh, we spoke to an organization. They're basically citing a 17% rise of food prices over the course of 2020. They've listed it per item. Um, How long does your your, uh, um, comparison in that price range, how long does that take?
2: But I think it, it will take us uh, about a month to go through the information. I think what delayed a bit is that the majority of the companies, uh, because of the, the the amount of information that we required, they then requested that uh, they give us information. They requested extensions because they needed to put the information together, package it for the commission. And then uh, I think it will take us about a month to be able to look through the information, check it against... Um, the information that also the Competition Commission has already um, looked at, and as well as have our legal department look at it in terms of the standards of of going through the information, whether we followed proper process and then conclude the investigation
1: yeah um, what we understand. Um, Is that, you know, likely, what was it, a million rand of a fine or 10% of their, uh, you know, annual turnover if if, if found guilty of it? An interesting question that came through is that, um, you know, while the Consumer Commission may fine these retailers for that and say they do pay it, uh, ultimately, where does that money go to? Does it come to the consumer? Is it given back to the consumer for the consumer having spent uh, more than they should initially for for a product? You know, what happens actually to those to those fines that are collated?
2: Look, at, oh, when we we assess uh, the outcomes of the investigation, what will then, and, and you're quite correct. It's up to a million rand and up to 10% of the annual turnover. As I indicated um, yesterday, it will depend on aggravating circumstances in terms of just uh, the extent of the increase, if if, if if then they are involved in prohibited conduct. And and the money itself will go to the fiscals or the... the the fines that are issued uh, through the National Consumer Tribunal are then fines uh, that are collected by the Commission and sent over to, to, to the fiscals. So the commission does not keep the money, and then consumers will not get anything. Unless it are specific orders where consumers have sent us proof yeah, in terms yeah. of what they have, and we will then, in, in requesting orders from the tribunal, request that it also encompasses an order that speaks to refunds, specific re- refunds, uh, to the consumers, yeah. there have been yeah. instances where suppliers would say, "Okay." Uh, part of what they then say, "Okay." We, if consumers can then be able to show to the commission that uh, they they have proof in terms of what they they sold it for, it can be part of the negotiations during investigations when consumers have provided us yeah. with that, and through discussions with the suppliers, we yeah. can then say, "For this particular consumers, will you be able to then refund cons?" Specific consumer. Yeah, I, th- I think
1: th- those are to do with those specific cases. But I think the general sense was that it's you know it's 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 not the, the the most fair practice that you know consumers don't actually see a direct benefit. I know you say it goes into the fiscus within the consumer questions. Well, by h- what point does it then roll into my pocket and I see a difference? I think that's the, the that's the issue that consumers are, are raising. Another one that came through, um, Prudence, and I wonder your thoughts on it was that uh, we are of course talking about price gouging within the context of COVID nineteen. Earlier, we spoke about the role that the Consumer Commission—a very successful role—that the Consumer Commission played with regard to the regulation of um, pricing of hand sanitizers and PPE at the start of the pandemic. So, um, mm. you know, you've definitely we're aware of the work that you're doing. But the question that has come through is that um, even in a non COVID time, right? There are some times where retailers would hike up prices of the things that they know are going to be used a lot. Specifically, say, for example, if it's Christmas, then, um, you know, the things that people generally use for Christmas go up. If it's for the Hindu community, if they're particularly fasting, uh, for a time, then the price of vegetables go up. Is this something that the commission keeps tab of to, you know, be a step ahead to ensure that you regulate the price even before something is raised with you?
2: Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, look, this specific regulation enterprise price gouging of specific essential products came into effect following the period of disaster. However, in the Act, there is a Section 48 that talks to investigations uh, of prices that are unfair and reasonable and unjust, which means that If, for example, the Commission can be brought to our attention or we can pick up in the market that indeed there is this practice that whatever product in terms of the time of the year um, suppliers can hike the price unfairly in order uh, to ensure that consumers buy it at a higher price, then the Commission can also look at that. So it's not necessarily just the issue of price gouging in terms of regulation. 350 that came about in terms of the Disaster Act. It is particularly also in terms of Section 48 of the Consumer Protection Act. So nothing stops the Commission from looking at uh, the practices in the market If it's brought to their attention or we pick it up in the, in, in the markets, um, that the prices indeed are going up. So nothing really stops the Commission from, from, from looking at that in the future or within specific uh, events. Where we can then pick up the suppliers are hiking the prices, taking advantage of a particular uh, season yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or or time, as you said.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that's just really going to be effective uh, because you know the the nature of the pandemic is that not everybody's feeling the economic pinch and there's not enough money to throw around over things that increase by you know up to seventeen percent. Um, Prudence, yeah. uh, the other point that I want to talk to you, and this is something that I've often been considering. Well, really, you know. And I know your investigations reveal this, so you can't just pronounce right now in an interview as to who's um, who's guilty, who's a charge here. But ultimately, from your, from past experiences, you know. Where's the problem? Is it with the supplier or is it with the retailer? Meaning, is it, you know, if you're talking about food, is it the farmer who's hiking up the price because he knows that people are desperate for the food? Or is it the retailer knowing that people are desperate to actually buy it? So, when you actually look as to where that exorbitant figure is coming from, where does it start?
2: Yeah, you, you know what, what we've picked up is, is at, at first, I think we had a strong suspicion that perhaps it might be the smaller players in the market who do not necessarily understand that in terms of industry practice, there's a certain markup that you need to go. That was the initial thought. But then we picked it up that even uh, big retailers were also hiking the prices. And without even, maybe without casting presence on, on big business, we picked up that sometimes the practice is just out of, um, just the general way in which uh, you find that, Certain shops just do their practices. Some of them were not even aware that it is illegal or uh, in terms of regulation 350 to hike up the prices in that way. Sometimes they would plead ignorance in terms of uh, saying that, look, we we thought just because something is in demand, we can hike, hike up the price. But it's not necessarily connected to the price of stocking it. So so we picked it up. But also during our investigation, we did pick up that some, uh, the suppliers who provided the retailers with um, this product were, were indeed saying that, you know, to source it overseas, it was too expensive. But then we still picked it up that even the markup was higher than could have been expected. Even when the prices went up in terms of the imports as well so so there are certain dynamics in the markets that we we, we have to look at, and also in, in in trying to to bring awareness to business in terms of their practices, to say that they're not supposed to do things in this way sometimes it 's just sheer ignorance on the part of business because they think they can do it or uh, they just want to make a little bit more money uh, you know from a certain period in time but but at least wh- with that one and following our investigation, we picked up that actually the prices went down, so it is good to focus on especially during the period of disaster where we see the value of having um, a time a specific regulation that then ensures that consumers are not taken yeah, for granted. Absolutely. So, so that also brings awareness and then the prices then come down.
1: Prudence, you touched on something I wanted to ask. Uh, the thing about, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, uh, purchase goods from local, um, their local community. I know there was a big push specifically uh, by the, um, I think it was the Department of Economic Development, Tourism and... Um, you know, across the country and what they said is use your spaza shops, you know. Mm-hmm. Um maybe if you need to get bread, get it from your spaza shop. You're basically stimulating local economies there. But you know, the risk is also that these smaller um you know, spaza shops for example that exist in communities, when they themselves hike prices like this, do they fall through the cracks because you know they're so small. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: like I said last time, it's not just the big retailers that we're looking at. We've picked up the various Markets, I think, in Pretoria, I think there is one, and, and in Johannesburg, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the case of Good where where it was so glaringly high that even people did not just go with saying big retailers. It also bring, brought them to our attention. Uh, and, and having said that, we do encourage uh, people to use their local markets, obviously, to ensure that we grow the, our, our small businesses. But I think this message also goes to them as well. There's nothing wrong with making profit, but make sure that we don't take advantage of the period in time, especially a time of disaster to, to hide the prices. You should still be able to do business, make a profit, but don't take advantage of the, the need of consumers knowing that they can't do without something and then hike the price. And that's, I think, the kind of prohibited conduct that we want to deal with and make sure that both big business and small business business adhere to the law while making sure that they're able to make profit.
1: Mm, wonderful. Prudence, I think that's our time here because I also still need to take into account some of the, the, the these sorts of questions coming through on the program um, and comments. Okay. But I want to talk yes. to you now about you know, should anybody be unhappy about a consumer practice? How do they contact and bring it to the attention of the National Consumer Commission? What is the best way to raise and, and file complaints?
2: Okay. You know, the best way to to file a complaint is, is you can call. There is a toll-free line, and I think it's given in the media statement. It's 800 14 800 it's a toll-free number that has been set up specifically for price gouging complaints, and then our contact centre, while it is open, obviously between um, half past eight and uh, half past four during the week, they will be able to to take you through the steps of of, of lodging the complaint. It's very important that consumers fill in the the regulated form, especially if they want a particular. Outcome uh, for themselves in terms of redress to fill in that that form and make sure that they then call this number. They will be taken through the process.
1: Yeah, um, and I think lastly, as you leave us, um, just from from a, from a government perspective. Um, mm. What did they ultimately do about this? Because, you know, um, the work that you do and the reports that you file um, surely should serve as an indication of government as to this sort of economic situation on the ground of consumers. What then, you know, does government do about it? Because many are saying that they're just too uh, delayed to act and understand the plight of the consumer. um, And they, you know, rather would allow the consumer to go through this on a daily basis and then at a later stage say something about it or address it
2: you know i I think something that people we all have a social responsibility as government as well as uh, consumers as well as business we're all going through 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 this pandemic and no one is affected more but also, it shouldn't be that consumers bear the brunt of, of, of the period of disaster through uh, dealing with the psychological effect of, of, of dealing with the pandemic, but also having to deal with, um, you know, the fact that the price increases to keep them on the deposit, especially looking at the fact that a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of small businesses have also gone down. We, we, we do should appreciate all of us as South Africans that we're in this together and we need to then bring in the balance and the role of the Commission, is to make sure that uh, without necessarily taking down business or even making sure that is closed down, uh, we do things the right way that are safe uh, for, for consumer practices in the market.
1: Prudence, wonderful to speak with you. Prudence Moilwa from the um, who's joined us from the National Consumer Commission, the Head of Enforcement and Investigations. Thanks for your time and maybe we'll follow up on the outcome of that investigation.
2: So, thank you very much.
1: Appreciate your time, Prudence. Okay, so we're going to go to WhatsApp now to end. Um, So much coming through. I'll start with some voice notes. Mr. Ian Govinda.
3: Good day, Thresh. People are only complaining about the increase in the prices of ginger and garlic. There are many other essentials that have increased in prices. Every household purchases essentials every month. If you compared a casse slip received in February 2020 with purchases made thereafter, you would have noticed price increases of up to 12% on some items. In my view, some businesses are recouping losses incurred during the pandemic, whilst others are making hay. While the
1: uh, Mr. Kamda, I do, yes, do apologise, just trying to get, you know, get in as much as I possibly can, so if I do interrupt your voice note or read half of your message, please bear with me, I'm trying to fit in everybody. another one. Good afternoon
4: to you and the With regards to the, the drastic increase in food prices, it would be more appropriate if you, if you had a member from, from the department or from government to come and explain to us why the food prices are continuously increasing. Government has to react to this. This is ridiculous. Even the price of meat has skyrocketed.
1: Yeah, price of meat skyrocketed there. Chapter 2 telling us about that. Thanks for that. Mr. Salim Adam.
4: Hi, Toresh. This is Salim Adam. I think it's time to get back to basic. Prices are rising and they'll always be rising. You see, we all have little gardens at home. If you don't have gardens, we can grow in dishes and buckets. You're... Greens, your dunya, pudina, murti, your herbs, your ginger and garlic can all be grown. I tell you what if we all start doing a little bit of growing, it'll really help us, it'll save us in a pocket,
1: Mr. Salim Adam, I did that interview the other day i th- thought about it, and I thought, um. With the exorbitant prices, it would be good to talk to an expert on how to go about doing that. Um, yeah, and that was the advice I was, uh, that I did provide on Newspeak. You can check our Iono podcasts for it. Uh, yeah, again, I apologize if I've not read your message completely and I've, you know, interrupted your voice. I'm not trying to get in as much sentiment as I possibly can. Days from Scottsboro. I run a fish and chips shop. Oil is so a precious a commodity. Pre lockdown palm oil was 290 rand a drum. Post lockdown 310, then 330. Now it's sitting at 380. Uh, it went up to 440 by the 15th. Uh, v in Cape Town, if only there is uh, less or no corruption of fraud and theft in South Africa, then maybe there will be more money for actual PPEs. Anonymous says, in the 1980s the government wanted to protect the consumers. I was on the Consumer Coordinating Council in Victoria and warnings used to be issued to these shops. Deva from Lanasia says government is too weak will to legislate the price control on all levels of trade in South Africa. Uh, you will hear faint whimpers from government and the public will continue to be fleeced. Al A says the current price increase or price gouging is symptomatic of a capitalist free market system. The Oxfam reports paint a grim picture for the profiteering internationally. It has also highlighted the huge disparity that faces us. Mahin says, what about fuel prices? That's also an interesting one. I wanted to focus on food here. Messages from Guna Govinda, John from Reservoir Hills, Sen, Ramba from Woodview, Kasturi, Sam Ben, Ayla from Clare State, Roshni, Naika, Mala. Um, those are the messages all talking about the challenges they faced. But we had a recipe uh, that came through and I want to share that if we possibly could. Uh, I think it was Mrs. Muhammad who sent that message through to us. Uh, There we go. Um, So she goes on to talk to us about something that I feel was just a bit interesting. Ginger chutney. So one piece of fresh ginger grated, fresh mint chopped lemon juice is required. Salt to taste. Mix all the ingredients into a glass bowl and have it as you desire. Sounds delicious. I can't wait to eat that, but I hope we can afford to eat it, Mrs. Muhammad. So that's the only problem we have. Thank you so much for that message. We appreciate it. Uh, we are going to leave the program there. I'm sorry if I've not really um, incorporated your message, but I tried to get the conversation going in terms of a generic perspective. The broadcast came way courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Wadi. 0800 014 That is a number for the Consumer Commission. Should you want to raise any issue? O eight hundred zero one four double eight zero. That is the um, number that you can continue. We will definitely be um, assisting you with more numbers that do become available to us. From me, Ta-desh, Hey, have an awesome day.
3: News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.